today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We're prone to want the big. And as such, we're not listening for the small. Our, our ears are turned to the loud. And as such, they're not tuned to the quiet. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Our lives are full of distractions and noise. In today's message, Pastor J.D. encourages you to tune your ears into the small and quiet things. God works in your life every day, but sometimes you miss it because you're too busy and maybe on the go. Slow down. Take a deep breath and rest in Him. Stop to appreciate all that He's done. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 as he begins his message, turning down the volume of life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and our text will be verses 9 through 12. The Apostle Paul continues writing by the Holy Spirit to this church there in Thessalonica that he loves so much. And he says, verse 9, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Yet, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that, verse 12, your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Today's teaching, turning down the volume of life. I need to preface today's teaching with a confession, and I just have to be very open with you and say to you that This is an area in my life that is a great struggle for me. It's an area in my life that the Lord over the years has been doing a work in me. This is a big issue for me and has been for many years, specifically as it relates to turning down the volume of life when life gets noisy and busy, and life gets noisy and busy, especially in a day where everything is clamoring 
for our attention. What I'm hoping to do today is talk about the benefits and the blessings that come to those who, as the Apostle Paul writes, makes it their ambition, aspires to this, seeks to do this, to lead a quiet Christian life. I found two blessings, benefits. You might find more, but the two that I found, that's what I want to talk about, I believe have the potential to really change our lives in a dramatic way. The first one is in verses 9 and 10. And interesting, it's that we'll have more love for God's people. I find it so interesting that Paul is once again, as he did earlier, commending them, this time for their love one for another. While he encourages them, even urges them to excel even more, it seems that this love characterized these Thessalonian believers. Now here's the question. What was it about them that made them so loving? What was it about them that made them love each other so much? This was a loving church. This was a church that if you were to go to it and attend it and visit this church, the first thing that you would have seen and noticed and observed would be, wow, this is a really welcoming and loving church. They just loved each other. So how is it and why is it that they were so loving? The answer is in verse 9, and it can be easily missed at first read. Notice where Paul says that they loved each other so much, in fact, as they were doing, and he says why? It was because God taught them to love. Oh, wait, God taught them to love that much one another? Yes. Well, why are you making such a big deal about this, Pastor? Because the implication is this. In order for God to teach them to love each other this much, it implies that they had to be teachable, that they had to be listening to and be willing to be taught by the Lord to love this way. In other words, it would seem to indicate that they listened and they had ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive that which God desired to teach them concerning love. 
One of the greatest struggles in my life is to turn down the volume of life so that I can hear the Lord speak into my life. And that's a great struggle for me. When I was in uh, high school, I had a teacher by the name of Mr. Bowman. Great teacher. In fact, I, at one of my class reunions, had the opportunity to tell him that I was using him in many of my sermon illustrations, to which he was greatly flattered. He was one of those teachers that when he spoke, he, first of all, he was monotone. You know what I mean by monotone? They, they just have one tone. They just speak in one tone. And, and also he spoke very softly. And I'll never forget the first day in his class. We walked, I thought it was a joke. Of course, I thought everything was a joke in high school, but I, I thought, are, are you kidding me? I mean, he, we're all loud, you know, we're just like making all this noise. And he walks into the classroom, stands behind the desk, chalkboard behind him, and he starts speaking very softly. He says, okay, would you all please take your seat? And nobody heard him. And, and I noticed that, you know, his lips were moving and he was actually talking. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, speak up. We can't hear you, Mr. Bowman. To which he replied, no, this is how I talk. Do you want to hear what I'm saying? Then you need to quiet down. So, <laughs> I mean, boy, that, of course, I wasn't a believer. I didn't get saved till age 19, but over the years I've looked back on that, and it was as if the Lord was saying to me, I'm like Mr. Bowman. You want to hear me speak? This is how I speak, and I'm not going to compete with all the noise in your life, and I'm not going to yell. No, when I speak, I speak in a still, small voice. I know this is going to date me. I've shared this many times before. You remember back in the 70s, that shampoo commercial? If you want to get somebody's attention, whisper. Oh, that'll do it. Look at you. You're so attentive right now. If you could just see yourself, you just go, what, what? Isn't it true that when you're yelling, you tend to tune out the one who is raising their voice. That, this was my mom. I bless her heart. Growing up as a kid, man, she would hit this certain pitch, this certain key. I, it was a very high octave, this key that she would hit in her thick accent. And she would yell at me, Wahido! And as soon as she hit that key, I mean, if I... If I had ear lids, they're shut. <laughs> we don't have ear lids, by the way. So, I mean, I didn't hear anything else beyond that. All I heard was, yeah, 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 and that was it. But there were some times where she would come to me and she would say, Wahid. I was like, what? She would talk to me softly in a quiet voice, and that got my attention. And that's what... I believe the Lord is saying to us today, let those who have an ear or two, we all have, anybody just, everybody has two ears here, right? Yeah, good. 
Whoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In the Old Testament, replete throughout the Old Testament, God declares, hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. You know how it is that you can hear but not really hear? You can, you know, someone's talking to you and, you know, you just, you're not really hearing what they're saying. I mean, you're, you're, you're listening, but you're not really hearing, receiving what it is that they're saying. And oftentimes the reason for that is because our lives are just too loud. I have a book in my library. It's a great devotional written by Chuck Swindoll. It's titled Intimacy with the Almighty, and it is a treasured devotional that I've read many, many times over the years, most recently actually, just recently I read it again. He even shares his own struggles, especially as a pastor, to simplify and to, you know, because we've made our lives so complicated. Oh my goodness. Our lives are so busy. Our lives are so noisy. Swindoll writes this, noise and words and frenzied, hectic schedules dull our senses, closing our ears to his still small voice and making us numb to his touch. He writes later on in the book that it was such a great challenge for him to just have times of solitude and silence where he could just hear the Lord speak in that still, small voice. I wonder what the Lord would desire to say to you, to say to me, if we would but quiet our lives and listen to His voice. One of my favorite men, mightily used of God, in Scripture is Elijah. I love this guy. Amazing guy. Bursts onto the scene. God is alive. I mean, this guy was a mighty man of God. Mightily used of God. And then there comes this point where, and it's in 1 Kings chapter 18. I want to give you kind of the backstory of what led up to what I want to uh, talk about concerning Elijah. He has this contest with Baal and the prophets of Baal there on Mount Carmel. For those of you who have gone to Israel with us, we visit that location. And here the prophets of Baal are in this contest with Elijah concerning their God, as opposed to in contest with the true and living God. And so they get 
the first try and they have this altar and they have the sacrifice and they're trying to call down fire to consume the sacrifice. And so those who are worshiping Baal are screaming and cutting themselves. Very interesting. And there's no sign of their God Baal. And this goes on apparently, as we're told in the narrative, for a few hours better part of the morning into the afternoon. And Elijah's having fun with it. This is what I love about this guy. He's just, I mean, he's having a lot of fun with this, very amused. And he kind of gives him a hard time and says things to him like, you know, uh, maybe you just need to scream louder. Maybe he's, you know, hard of hearing. You just scream louder. So they scream louder, still nothing. And then Elijah, it's actually you'll forgive me. I mean, it's in the Bible. First Kings 18, just read it for yourself. He actually says to them, you know, he might be in the bathroom. No, that's, that's the JDV translation of First Kings 18. In other words, he's busy. He's relieving himself. He, he cannot hear you. And so finally this goes on, and then Elijah's like, okay, my turn. He says, just so we're clear, so there's no mistake here, Let's just pour a bunch of water on this thing. And then he calls fire down from heaven, and God consumes that altar, that sacrifice. And these prophets of Baal are freaking out, and he kills the prophets of Baal, and then it reaches the ears of one Jezebel, this wicked, wicked woman, married to this evil, evil king, Ahab. And she puts a contract out on his life. And where does Elijah go? Oh, he runs for his life into a cave and hides out. That in and of itself is another topic for another time. He actually wants God to take his life. Yeah, that's it. I would argue that he is disenchanted with God. He feels like God has let him down. Here he has just defeated and slain the prophets of Baal. And now he was thinking, well, God, why didn't you take care of Jezebel? Why are you letting her do this to me after what just happened? I think he's disappointed. God didn't do what he thought God was going to do. Maybe that's you here today. And so now God is going to speak to him, but not in the way one might think. You know, I picture Elijah as being one for the dramatic. I mean, throughout his life. I mean, he was a very passionate man. He was a powerful prophet. And I kind of get the impression that he was really into fire. I'm just saying, I'm not suggesting he was a pyromaniac. I'm just saying that if God's going to speak to him, it would certainly be using fire. I mean, he just got done calling fire down from heaven, right? So wouldn't it stand to reason that he would, you know, speak through fire? No. So here he is in the cave. God appears to him, and it says, 
He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. Oh, it's going to be the fire. This is Elijah we're talking about. Certainly God is going to be in the fire. Nope. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Here's what I'm thinking. We're prone to want the big. And as such, we're not listening for the small. Our our ears are turned to the loud. And as such, they're not tuned to the quiet this quieting of our hearts. By way of an example, recently, this is recent, everything's off. It's just me and the Lord. Doors locked, everything's on silent, everything's shut down. Just, okay, Lord, speak, speak. And it took a while. (laughs) I had to be patient. I know you know not what I speak of when it comes to patience, but just patiently waiting for the Lord to speak. And he did. I don't think he could resist seeing this opportunity now where after the fire, after the earthquake, after the noise, after everything has passed by and been shut down, now I've got your attention. I want to I show you some things. I want to say something to you. Very personal. Very prophetic. Very profound. Very powerful. And he revealed something to me. It was an answer to something that I had been petitioning the throne concerning for quite some time. You know, I always know I've made a good decision when my only regret is that I didn't make it sooner. And my only regret at that moment was that I didn't just do this sooner, shut everything off, quiet everything down, and just get alone with the Lord, spend time with Him, and listen to what He has to say. You might be surprised what he has to say to you. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in 1 Thessalonians where Pastor J.D. left off or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you a part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. 
A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join Pastor J.D. next time for more right here on In Spirit and Truth.